Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to BrainsOn from American Public Media. We're serious about being curious. I'm Molly Bloom, and today's episode is all about the sound you're hearing behind my voice, the piano. We started thinking about pianos thanks to a question that came in from Sayla. I'm eight years old, and I live in Quincy, Massachusetts. My question is, how does a piano make sound? I asked this question because I'm learning how to play the piano. That's awesome, Sayla. I started taking piano lessons in third grade, and many years later, playing piano is still one of my favorite things to do. I think you're going to be happy if you stick with it. Brains On producer Mark Sanchez joined me on a hunt for the answer to your question. Hey, Molly. Hi, Mark. In order to understand how pianos work, first, we have to think about all the parts of a piano. If you've ever seen a piano, you know the black keys and the white keys. But there's so much more going on behind each key that we never even think about. Every time we press down on one, it sends hundreds and hundreds of moving parts into action. Yeah, and actually that word action plays a big part in how pianos make sound. Inside each piano is a series of levers called the action. There's also a series of metal strings, kind of like you'd see on a guitar or maybe a harp. The sound we hear from a piano is actually those strings being hit. Molly and I drop by Keys 44 Kids. They sell used pianos here in St. Paul. When we got there, it was so cool. There were pianos of all different shapes and sizes everywhere you looked in that shop. And there are another two huge back rooms also filled with pianos. The people there are constantly moving, fixing up, and playing these instruments. At the center of the action are Carmen Mancino and Carl Schmidt. They work in the store surrounded by these pianos all day. I asked Carmen to answer Sayla's question. How does a piano make sound? If you imagine your leg, there are many pieces of your leg that have to move in order to make you walk. So you have like your hip and your thigh and your knee and your your calf and then your ankle, your heel, your foot and your toe. If your toe is the hammer that would strike the string, that's how the piano action moves. Everything has to move in accordance with each other to get you to actually walk, just like everything has to move in accordance with each other to get the note to play. Everybody knows what a piano keyboard looks like. Mm -hmm. There's white keys, there's black keys. What happens when you push down on one of those keys? Yeah, the key is balancing on a pin in the bed where the keys are. And then when you push down on the edge that you're playing keys on, um, the other end of the key toward the back of the piano lifts up. And and you can't, this is something that you can't see, right? Yeah, yeah. So it lifts up uh, inside the piano cabinet, inside the piano's like house. And then that in turn lifts a few other mechanisms. They're made mostly out of wood, springs, and felt uh, for the most part. And then from there, it's kind of like like that game Mousetrap where like you flip one thing and then another thing flips then another thing flips and it looks like that inside and that's what I was talking about with with your leg movement so all these different parts then move to strike the 
strings, and the strings are held together inside the piano. The ends of them are coiled around tuning pins, which are metal, and they're shoved into a wood pin block to help keep them really tight. So what's actually making the sound? Yeah, sound is produced by vibrations, which are caused, in this case, by the hammer hitting, uh, striking the strings. And so the, the sound waves, vibrations, are resonating off the soundboard of the piano. By the way, a soundboard is a large, flat piece of wood set behind the strings of every piano. It helps amplify the sounds coming from the instrument. Then there are the hammers. <laughs> the felt, the hammer felt in the piano. It's like a popsicle stick with um, a cotton ball wrapped around it, wrapped around the end of it. And then if you were just using the very tip of it with the cotton ball piece of it to, to hit a string. So it's really soft. And then are the, is there one hammer or lots of hammers? How does it work? So the strings are kind of zigzag, I guess you could say. And per hammer generally hits three strings. Mm. And that's when you're tuning a piano, you're tuning all of those strings to sound the same to each other. And it helps give it that volume. It helps give it that special tone. They're all playing the same note. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. And so then each note has its own hammer. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing a chord that has three notes in it, mm-hmm. there's three hammers that are hitting sets of strings. Yes. So nine strings. And you can open up a piano. That's what that's what our technicians do when they work on the pianos. Is they lift off uh, like the front board of it. Um, they lift off the fallboard, which is the part that covers the keys, so that the piano is just like open and waiting to be worked on. If you ever see a grand piano, those are open, and you can kind of see all these things happening, right? Yeah, it's really neat to watch everything move around. It's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Okay, Carmen and Carl have taken us on a mini journey from piano keys to strings, but we have to take a time out here to talk about sound itself. Hi, my name is Tina from White Bear Lake, Minnesota. How do things make sounds and be how soft they are and how loud they are? Hi, my name is Oakley. I'm from Nashville, and I want to know how sounds and vibrations work. In a piano, when the hammer hits the strings, the strings vibrate. And it's vibrations that are responsible for every sound we hear. Vibrations create sound waves. For more on how those work, let's head out to a very special arena. Welcome to Most Epic Fighting Battle Realm! Choose your warrior. Monster Master, you go first. I choose Gungador, Slayer of Things, Stomper of Other Things. He cannot be defeated! Gungador, smash! What a worthy warrior. Now, it's your turn to choose, Allie. I choose a sound wave. Sound wave? What's that? Oh, you must mean Wave NATO! His fists hit like Gale Force winds! No, I mean a sound wave. You know, like how sound travels? That's how you're hearing me right now. Gungador confused! Yeah, I thought that waves come from water, like in the ocean, where Shibanshi lives. Yes, she is a worthy warrior. Why not choose her? Well, water waves are one type of wave, but there are lots of them. These waves are just disturbances of energy that travel through something from one place to another. We call that something a medium. For ocean waves, the medium is water. For sound waves, the medium is usually air. 
Oh, so it is an air attack. Gungador will withstand the blows. Gungador strong. Well, kind of. See, a sound wave works like this. When I talk, air from my lungs goes through my throat and vibrates my vocal cords. As those cords vibrate, it also vibrates the air directly around them. Then those vibrating air molecules bump into other molecules next to them, which makes those molecules vibrate too. Then they bump into other molecules and on and on and on, until some vibrating molecules bump into your eardrums. That causes them to vibrate. Gungador has drumming ears? Your brain senses those eardrum vibrations and translates them to a message, like my voice. Wait, so sound waves shoot air molecules at us? That's a clever attack, I guess. Not quite, Monster Master. The individual molecules don't actually travel. They just wriggle in place. Think of it this way. If there's a tightly packed crowd of monsters and one monster in the front bumps the monsters next to them. Excuse me. Those monsters will then stumble. Oh, sorry, sorry, when they sorry. do that, they'll bump into more monsters Ooh, who will then stumble into others. And on and on and on through the crowd. Even though each monster stays where they started, the energy disturbance travels through the whole crowd. That's how it is with sound. When I clap, the energy disturbance travels from my hand to your ear even if the air molecules between us are just vibrating in place. Got it? Gungador gets it! I don't need to get it to know your sound wave is no match for mighty Gungador. Chomper of trees, stomper of large bushes, let's battle! Let this most epic fighting battle realm fighting begin! Aha! Now you will perish! Gungador attacks with severing smite! Epic move! That does... Zero damage? Wait, what? Yeah, sound waves are just energy disturbances passing through air, so you can't really hurt them. Sound waves are vibrating air molecules! Exactly. Nice recall, Gungador. Gungador gets it again! Is Gungador genius? Allie, your turn to attack. I'm going to play a tone and increase the pitch. What is this pitch you speak of? Is it a laser or a punch? Or a laser punch? Pitch is the word we use to describe how high or low something sounds. Remember how I told you air molecules wiggle in a sound wave? Gungado remembers! Well, the pitch comes from how many wiggles or vibrations each molecule makes over a certain amount of time. This idea is also called frequency because it has to do with how frequent the vibrations are. If those air molecules wiggle slowly, and they vibrate only a couple dozen times a second, then the pitch sounds low, like this. But if they vibrate quickly, hundreds of times a second, then the pitch sounds high, like this. Ah, that noise is horrible! But it also does zero damage. Monster Master, your turn. Gungador attacks with Beast Blast! And that does... Also zero damage. What? Sorry, remember how sound waves aren't hurt by punches or swipes? Oh, yeah. (sighs) All right, this battle is so not epic. Very well, Allie, go again. I'm going to take that tone I made last round and increase the amplitude. Amplitude? Is that like attitude? Gungador's attitude is biggest inland. I don't think that means what you think it means, Gungador. 
Actually, amplitude is related to volume or loudness. It means how much energy the sound wave is carrying. When you increase the energy, to us it sounds like the tone is getting louder. So if I take this tone and dial up the amplitude, it gets loud. Can't hear own self thinking. Gungador, too messed up to fight. Gungador loses a turn. No fair. Back to you, Allie. I'm going to use my sound wave to play music. Music is a combination of different frequencies and amplitudes, as well as things like tone and rhythm. Still, it's all just sound waves that are traveling through the air. Gungador feels urged to dance. Gungador must bust a move. Hoo ha! Hoo ha! Stop flailing about like a fool and get ready for your next attack, Gungador. No, Gungador found new calling in life. Gungador is genius who likes dancing. No more battles. And that settles it. Allie and the sound waves win. Sweet. Woohoo! No. That's it for this really weird edition of most epic fighting battle round. Game over. We love getting your drawings, and you know what we'd love to see? Your drawings of Gungador fighting a sound wave. We think that would be epic indeed. Send them to hello at brainson.org. We're going to tickle the ivories a little more in a minute, but first, let's tickle your eardrums. It's time for the mystery sound. Here it is. Stick around. We'll be back with the answer a little later in the show. have a question for the show or do you want to send us a mystery sound or a drawing you can send them to us at brainson.org slash contact and if you're into actual mail the kind with paper and stamps and envelopes head to brainson.org you'll find our physical mailing address on the contact us page to thank the awesome kids who contribute their ideas and energy to the show we add their names to the brains honor roll like felix from new jersey he has a theory about the sound in seashells. I would like to know how you hear the ocean in a shell. So basically, it's probably just the air brushing around inside the shell. So, when you do hear the shell, well then, it's not really the ocean, it's just the air that you hear in the shell. Well, Felix, that does sound interesting. We'll have an answer to that question in our moment of um... Listen for that and the latest installment of the Brains Honor Roll at the very end of this episode. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Molly Bloom, and today we're talking pianos. They're black keys and white keys, and they all have different sounds. In the bottom, it looks like sticks, and on the top, it looks like, um... Marshmallows. I'm pretty sure they're like strings, maybe, that 
like when you press the key, then it vibrates and it makes a sound, I guess. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Those sounds like a deep voice, but, and it can make a high-pitched voice too. When I'm playing like something happy, I hit it harder than I would play with something sad. When you play something that's sad, it's slower. When you play something that's happier, and play it with like more pizzazz and a lot like quicker. That was Brielle, Maribel, Andrew, and Sean. They're all students at Walker West Music Academy in St. Paul. You hear how that piano note is still going? It sounds like it's never going to stop. That's because of the sustain pedal. Most people think about fingers playing a piano, but there's a lot going on below the keys, too. Every piano has a set of pedals that you use your feet to push. Six-year-old Theo from Woodbury, Minnesota, has this question. Why do pianos have three pedals? Because I play piano a lot, and I want 20. Hmm, 20? Ooh, that is too many for my brain to think about. Or I'd at least need a few more feet to handle them. Until you invent your 20-pedaled piano, most pianos are stuck with three. Push on the sustain pedal while you play a note, and the note rings out even after your finger is off the key. But what do the other pedals do? Let's go back to the piano shop to get an answer from Carmen and Carl. Yeah, generally on upright pianos, there is a soft pedal, which uh, moves the hammers closer to the strings, and it just kind of produces a softer tone. Pianos have different pedals, and they might not all be the same pedal on every piano. Um, there's usually the soft pedal, uh, which is the one... Like Carl said. On the left? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's the one on the left that moves the hammers just a little bit forward to make a softer sound and tone. Um, and then another kind of pedal is the sustenuto, which is like the sustain pedal. On the sustain pedal, um, the sound keeps ringing no matter which keys you're playing. But on a sustenuto pedal, the sound only keeps ringing on the first chord that you're playing. And then you can play other notes. And it creates like a staccato effect when you're playing the other notes while the first chord continues to ring. That's cool. Oh, I like that. What, what other kind of pedals are there? there? There's a pedal that basically drops a sheet of felt in front of the hammers, in between the hammers and the strings. And uh, that is considered a silent pedal. So if you wanted to play maybe really quietly at night and not wake up the neighbors. Yeah, that'd be the one to use. <laughs> Thanks to Carl and Carmen for that pedal explanation. Okay. Let's go back to that mystery sound. Want to hear it one more time? Here it is. Any guesses? Did you change your mind after you heard it a second time? Well, here with the answer is Mathis from Piedmont, California. That was the sound of... Me running my thumbnail against the sixth string of my guitar. So you might be picturing just a regular old string. Well, it's not. It's actually a tightly wound coil of metal. And those strings are similar to the strings that make the lower notes on a piano. Now we know about the pedals, and we know about the keys, and we know a bit about the action. But there are thousands and thousands of parts inside a piano that all work together. There are so many parts that you'd really need to work in a piano factory to know about all of them. My name is Bob Berger. I work at Steinway & Sons as Director of Customer Satisfaction. 
I grew up here in New York City. I grew up in Astoria, which is where the Steinway factory is located. Uh, I was hired here as an engineer many years ago, almost 30 years ago. I know the pianos pretty well. Since Bob knows pianos inside and out, we decided to play a little game with him. We gave him 30 seconds to name as many parts as he could. Time starts now. Pedals, lyra box, lyra pillars, hammer, hammer shank, knuckle, repetition, fly, jack, let off screw, treble wire, bass wire, grand piano plate, soundboard, bridge, front rail, key bed, key bend end caps, keyboard, sharps, naturals, capstans, action hangers. Wow, that was amazing. Some of those parts sounded familiar, but others I had never heard of before. Putting a piano together is a feat of engineering. But let's not forget the builders and the musicians who are also involved. You need expertise in wood technology and finishing and adhesives and metallurgy and acoustics. The piano, and certainly the Steinway piano, is probably the most highly engineered acoustic instrument that exists. And that's because of the, the force of the strings on the case is incredible. It will range from anywhere from 20 to 35,000 pounds of force. And this type of force needs to be controlled. And, and you need to have a structure that's very stable that will not move under that tremendous force. And it's made out of wood and metal. And uh, it's a very challenging, interesting product to make. Pianos are complicated machines that make beautiful sounds. By striking a key, which triggers the action, and that hammers a string, and that string vibrates to make a sound. Sound is made up of vibrations moving through the air, and that's what we hear. Who could forget sound waves? Right, Gungador? Sound waves are vibrating air molecules! Gungador gets it again! Thanks to Nancy Yang, Ali Hinzi Francis, and John Miller. We had engineering help this week from Michael DeMarc and Veronica Rodriguez. Special thanks to Keys 44Kids for hosting us. Part of every piano sale there goes towards putting another piano in someone else's home. Very cool. And now for the moment of... Remember Felix had a question about why people say you can hear the ocean in a seashell? He had a theory, too. When you do hear the shell, it's probably just the air rushing around in the shell. So, is Felix right? Uh, he's correct. That's Steve Aretti. He's a professor of physics at the University of Illinois. He's here to tell us more about how seashells trick us into hearing the ocean. If you have any arbitrarily shaped container, for example, a pop bottle, there will be resonances uh, of sound at certain frequencies because of the shape of that container. And the shape of the container actually dictates what those resonant frequencies are. So if you blow across the mouth of a pop bottle, you will hear a pitch. So if you have a shell, the shell has a different shape from a pop bottle, obviously. That shape dictates what kinds of resonances at, at certain frequencies it will have. The air is actually oscillating in and out of the shell 
when you turn it from side to side, you can hear different resonant frequencies. And that's sort of reminiscent of the sound of waves crashing on the beach at an ocean. So, so people say you can hear the ocean in a seashell. Um, um, okay, it's time for the Brain's Honor Roll. If you've recently sent us an email with a question or a mystery sound or a drawing, please be patient. The list is growing, but the wait is worth it. Here's a podcast high five to all our listeners who keep this show going with their energy and ideas. Sullivan and Finnegan from Jensen Beach, Florida, Alexander and Lucia from Sacramento, Sakai from Richmond, Virginia, Cambria and Jordan from Santa Quinn, Utah, Skylar and Sophia from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, Cal and Bo from Texas, Gabe from Pickney, Michigan, Ava from Smyrna, Georgia, Henry from Queenstown, New Zealand, Charlie from Hove, England, Carden from Parker, Colorado, Maeve and Julian from Huntington Woods, Michigan, Michelle from Georgia, Ginger from Free Union, Virginia, Amelia from Minneapolis, Sophie from Layton, Utah, Rex from Lake Oswego, Oregon, Max from Horsham, Pennsylvania, Abby, Zoe, and Callum from Arthur River, Australia, Lucky from San Francisco, Colden and Kanai from Dumfries, Virginia, Jacob and Adam from St. Catharines, Ontario, Lydia from Lilburn, Georgia, Madison from Gurney, Illinois, Nico from Yandalin, Norway, Sebastian and Christian from Wexford, Pennsylvania, Amira and Aliyah from Toronto, James from Ava Beach, Hawaii, Jasper from Portland, Maine, Laurel and Briar from Tracy, California, Palmer from Roanoke, Virginia, Jack from Newburyport, Massachusetts, Bennett and Lucas from San Diego, Walter from Fairview, Utah, Bash from Honolulu, Hazel, Zephyr, Thea, Lily, and Sula from New York, Seanan from Maynooth, Ireland, Zoe from Nashville, Lillian and Ruby from Concord, California, Libby from Netherland, Colorado, Penelope from Cedar Hills, Utah, Ken and Noah from Los Angeles, Ty and Ellie from Salt Lake City, Miles from Minneapolis, Lewis from Wellington, New Zealand, Rowan and Scout from Ventura, California, Cecilia from London, Delta from Port Macquarie, Australia, Achilles and Vanya from Berlin, Dorothy from New Brighton, Minnesota, Abigail from Happy Valley, Oregon, Greta from Seattle, Daniel from Austin, Texas, Annabelle from Manhattan, Kansas, and Henry and Eloise from Vieira, Florida. Thanks for listening.